Now it is coming up to 10.30 on Sunday morning and that means it's time for us to talk pop culture. And today guiding us through our pop culture stories is Cassie Delaney, a founder of the Tall Tales Podcast Network. Hello, my friend. Hello, Louise. How are you? Good I'm to be very back. well. Yeah, I feel like I haven't spoken to you in a very long time now. I'm delighted to have you here. We've got so much to talk about. So, so much. And such a funny brilliant mix of things yeah it's true it's been a busy week (laughs) it has been a busy week let's start with Kate and Will they celebrated their 10th anniversary this week um which made me feel really old I actually went to London for the weekend of the royal wedding just to like soak up the buzz yeah just just a good week of um just loving the Brits and the so they have released this video right nice thing you know the way people do this on Instagram when they're celebrating a birthday or an Mm -hmm. anniversary they put up like all their pictures together but they like shot this video um kind of behind the scenes of their life together and it's them enjoying some outdoors time with the three kids it's a 39 second clip and they post on Twitter yeah now I there's I have a lot of thoughts on it (laughs) firstly (laughs) I was like expecting it to turn into like a murder mystery at any moment. It, like it looks, <laughs> it does have a true crime vibe. <laughs> it has that like true crime Netflix drama that she all of a sudden is going to disappear and it's going to be one of the kids who've been involved or something. It was just waiting for that moment. And then when I realized it wasn't a Netflix trailer, hmm. the next thought was like, this has to be an ad for M and S or like Barber. These are just these people are trying to sell me wax jackets. Yeah. Like they're not celebrating their lives together. <laughs> A hundred percent. And it's just, I think, hard not to feel like, I mean, it is pure, obviously, but in the context of the larger conversation about the royal family and, you know, knowing that Harry and Will are not speaking and haven't been speaking mm-hmm. for a long time and all that kind of stuff. It's it's like, yeah, sure. Show us your happy family. Yeah, it's I'm not happy like, families. The recent bereavement and everything. Yeah. And it's just. Oh, my God. I didn't was... even factor that in. You're so right. <laughs> yeah. It's just bizarre. It's just really, really strange. And just, I think, again, goes to show how out of touch the royals have become with the rest of us. They're just like, what does the world need now? I know, a HD video of us in slow motion running through the beach. Like, (laughs) has to be said, though, Kate, so beautiful. Children, absolutely gorgeous. Her hair is just sensational. Now, do we think it's all her hair or do we think she's got a few clips in there? I'd say she's got a few clips in, but I will say they have not spent the day at the beach because you would not have that, like, beautiful bouffant hair after spending an hour at the beach. So they arrived... They got their shots and they left. And also, it has to be said, a windy day on the beach and the way that they've graded it, like the colouring of it, it looks like a cold and wet day at the beach. Very British though, isn't very, it? It's well, very... that's obviously, you're right. That's probably what they were yeah. going for, yeah. Well, look, I mean, good for them. Carry on, Will and Kate. Uh, next up, staying with uh, the British people, a British actor Noel Clark has been accused of all kinds of absolutely terrible crimes mm-hmm. against women. Yeah, so this was um, following an investigation by The Guardian that was released this week. 20 women have come forward with kind of stories of sexual harassment, unwanted touching, groping, inappropriate behaviour, comments on set, misconduct, bullying, everything. There's lots of talk of them sharing kind of explicit pictures and videos without consent. And then this idea that he had um, people come for naked auditions. Uh, So actually a lot of actors have come out and talked about their experiences auditioning for Noel and the things that he had asked them to do 
including uh, some of the cast of Skins. Mm. So BAFTA has suspended his membership um, along with his recent outstanding British Contribution to Cinema Award, which he only received on like the 10th of April. So um, he had actually been alerted to the story prior to receiving the award. So I think he, you know, they're looking back on him accepting the award now being like, he's really nervous. He knows something is coming. Yeah. And BAFTA, the kind of BAFTA organisation admitted that they had received tip-offs but they still went on and, and gave him the award. Yeah. Um, so it's been interesting. But I think one of the most one of the most important things is uh, Michaela Cohn's statement on it, because she kind of came out and she released just a really good articulate statement in her support of the 20 women who've come forward, but also kind of said that, you know, speaking about these types of incidences takes a lot of strength because some people call them gray areas, mm-hmm. gray areas, but they're they're really not. These behaviors are unprofessional, violent, and can destroy a person's perception of themselves, mm. their place in the world, and their career. Mm. Um, so I think that's really important. I think that sometimes stops people from coming forward and sharing their stories because it's they almost weight them on a kind of well, it's not that bad kind yeah. of system. But when you there's obviously strength in numbers, and the fact that he's been doing this to so many women, yeah. um, is just indicative of really poor behavior. Well, it's really, really interesting because it's not dissimilar to the Harvey Weinstein thing, not in terms mm-hmm. of necessarily the type of incident, but just in terms of you know young people at the start of their career as someone in power, you know people who have who potentially have been put off be, carrying on a career in this yeah. field. And just in case, Noel Clark, um, I know him from this series, Kiddle adulthood adulthood and brotherhood that's where I first Mm -hmm. saw him Um, but he was on a show that was airing on uh, ITV which The Viewpoint which they cancelled the final episode it's not going to air it's going to be on the player apparently in a few days if people want to see the end of it Um, but it's had a big impact already but it's just interesting to hear like I've seen already online the conversation about this and people talking about you know false accusations and stuff and it's like okay do you know what even if we give it even if we give the false accusation idea any some credit you know one mm-hmm. person maybe you could say maybe it's a false accusation it's unlikely statistically but maybe but 20 people 20 yeah, people 20 absolutely. separate people all making false accusations no completely and you can Surely see what not. has you know you see what has happened to the careers of women who've come forward and made accusations as opposed to the careers of the men who've been accused and mm-hmm. generally up until recently up until the times up movement and the me too movement mm-hmm. women were the ones who suffered. The the people who came forward with accusations of any kind were the ones whose careers were ended. Well, yeah. you know, men went on to become the president of the United States. So <laughs> it's not, it doesn't make sense for a woman to come forward with a false accusation. No. Um, and like, there's nothing to gain. It's not like he's, you know, he's, he's a well-known actor and he's a director, but there's not anybody trying to take him down here. This is about justice and acknowledging the system of the creative industries that has so far and, and for too long been ruled by powerful men. Yeah. Um, and it's about women standing together. And I think that it's really important to um to take the time to listen to their stories and support them in whatever way on social media or with statements like Michaela. But I think yeah. the minute we as women start thinking that there's, you know, false accusations out there, we kind of undermine the movement. Yeah. And we just yeah. There's just too much work to be done. Yeah, I agree. And congratulations to uh, Siren Kale and to Lucy Osborne, who basically put this story together for The Guardian. Mm-hmm. If you want to read it in full, it is on The Guardian. Um, and as I said, by Siren Kale and Lucy Osborne. Okay, now let's talk. Let's talk about Courtney, uh, Courtney Kardashian, and Travis Barker. This is a personal. I just needed to talk about this, and I feel like other people must have thoughts. 
Tell us, first of all, for the uninitiated, what, who are Courtney and Travis and what is going on? They are two teenagers who have fallen in love at the Gaeltacht and they're just trying to keep up their romance on social media. Like, they are, they're just bizarre. So, Courtney Kardashian, you know, Kardashian. of the Kardashian yeah. clan, the biggest family, arguably, in the entire world. And Travis Barker, was he Blink-182, yep. the drummer? Yeah. Full of tattoos. Really good-looking fella, right? And has so, continued, since Blink-182, in fairness, has continued to do loads of different musical projects. He used to do that thing with um, the the guy DJ AM, who was quite famous in the 2000s. And then uh, they he DJ AM would DJ and Travis would like drum along with the music, which was very cool yeah. for a while. But then, tragically, DJ AM died in a, in a plane crash that Travis Barker was in with him it, it, absolutely wild he's had a really interesting career since Blink-182 but definitely best known for Blink-182 and did he have a reality TV show for a stint he did which I watched yeah. obviously uh, Devoured himself and Shanna Muckler his ex-wife uh, Meet the Barkers watched that oh, yeah. intensely yeah so he's not unfamiliar with the world of reality television no so basically Courtney and Travis have been going out since around kind of December of last year we reckon um, the first sort of indication that they were together was in January 21st when uh, Courtney posted a picture. He responded with a little rose emoji and they're like, oh, they're interacting. Then we knew at the end of January they were both in Palm Springs together at Chris Jenner's house because they do that thing where they're both posting the same picture but at different angles. And mm. everyone's like, you're obviously in the same place. Mm -hmm. So um, since then... They've like confirmed their romance. They've said, I love you. He's gotten a Courtney tattoo. And she has released loads of videos of her sucking his fingers on social media. And, and so then... much more. Like, I mean, so much stuff on social media. It's like the commenting, the finger sucking, the like straddling. They're everywhere. Like, I just, I'm just going to say it. It's too much. It's too much, Louise. It's so too much. Like, I'm, I'm uncomfortable looking at it. I'm a prude. And I just cannot look at these pictures. I didn't even researching this story. I was like bile rising in my throat. I was like, why are they putting it out there? Why have I seen so much of each of their bodies in such a short space of time? Why are they talking about each other like this on the internet? Yeah. Like he has this one picture. I'll tell you now. He posted a picture on the 9th of April, 2021. <laughs> <And> <laughs> 2021. He's, um, they're watching a movie and he's got this like, picture of, of her lying down from behind and he's he's just posting a picture of her ass on the internet to be honest like it's that's just... it's, that's the benefit of it but their latest one so they're on these their are holidays. people in their 40s by the way and they look great they, they look, look great oh, and, and i'm delighted for them off you yeah. go but why do Thrilled we have to be them. part of it i don't want to be i just didn't want to see these pictures at all like i'm happy for people when they fall in love i truly really am and all the better for the rich celebrities finding each other and yada, 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 and, you know, love mm. wins. But I do not want to see any more pictures of them straddling each other in the desert. Now, in fairness, as I said that there, why do I have to see it? I must acknowledge that I do voluntarily follow both of them on Instagram. Oh, yeah, completely. I know we can look away. I know we can turn off the internet. I know that. I know we don't have to consume it. But when I open the internet, it is there, and then it is fascinating, and then I go down a rabbit hole. I can yeah. tell you the whole length and breadth of their relationship from January Same. up until now through social media I think and I can give you my amateur psychological evaluation of uh, how I think their relationship is going because well, I think that when you're in a good relationship you don't post that many pictures well that's exactly what I was going to say why the need to perform the relationship mm-hmm 
like is it just that they are in that honeymoon like absolutely mad about each other wants everyone to know phase or are they trying to send messages to other people or like I don't there's I feel like there's something amiss here and I think that they're moving too fast yeah I mean it is only <laughs> we were only just on we're just in June we've just entered into we're talking about a five-month relationship maybe six months here and he has a tattoo now yeah. granted he is a, a lot of coloring tattoos, book. Yeah. He's not. He can color it up. He's, not, he's gonna be fine. It but would be. You would be hard pressed to find it. If if Louise, if you were seeing someone, and maybe it's just different in Ireland because you like you date and you know you you'd see them once a month for a year and a half and then you commit to each other. But if you were seeing someone for five months and they got your name tattooed on them, I would get a restraining order. I'd be like, that's too much. It's too far. <laughs> I th- yeah. I, I yeah. I mean, I just think it would be a mistake I would never encourage anyone to do that um, but you know also I just you know I hope someone is thinking of Scott Disick um, yeah. it's yeah I, I worry so. about him I and I know that's ridiculous in fact everything I feel like everything I'm saying here is ridiculous but it's the reality it's, the, it's my <laughs> we reality are, we are concerned we're just concerned for the welfare of the billionaires yeah, who exactly. don't know we exist exactly so. Cassie exactly okay if you have thoughts please share them with us 51552 is the number to text you can also email louise at rte.ie um, okay so we have got lots more to talk about let's talk about the Oscars the Oscars happened but again like I just feel like people have completely disconnected from this kind of thing yeah, so it's interesting. So the Oscars had the lowest watched um, award show of all time, mm-hmm. just reaching about 10 million people, which was like, not just because of COVID, like that was like a 58% drop on the year before. And the numbers of viewers have been dropping year on year and year and year for the last couple of years, like, mm. um, which is interesting. So people are kind of like, I suppose, trying to understand why the... Um, why the Oscars just hasn't taking off in the same way. Trump famously there wrote a letter uh, saying rename it to the Academy Awards and not the Oscars anymore as if that was the problem. Um, But I mean, there's a couple of reasons why it mightn't be performing well. Basically, uh, you know, one of the conditions of the Oscars is that the films have to have a theatrical release for at least seven days in L.A., and the kind of films that they they put on or the films that are Oscar nominated generally don't perform well in the box office. They're kind of becoming sort of the niche films, great films, incredible films, mm. but just people aren't going to see them as much as they did. People are relying a lot on streaming services and things mm. like that. Um, but even in this year, like the streaming services can enter. They just have to put a film in a theater for seven days, yeah. which they do. Because this year, the big winner was Netflix. Like Netflix had... A at least one nomination in twenty two of the twenty three categories. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it's not surprising, really, though, is it? No, but I do think it's just law's kind of relevance. Like, I used to be a massive Oscar buff. Like, I would have a spreadsheet of the Oscar films. I would make an effort to watch them all. Mm. I'd write my thoughts down, mm. put a little bet on with the bookies, and then try and you know, um, and watch the watch the shows afterwards. But I just think they haven't they haven't innovated. They haven't um reached younger audiences mm. they, they kind of even every year their their decisions have become more and more questionable yeah. like it's been 12 years and I still think about Angelina Jolie deserving the Oscar for best actress and changeling over Kate Winslet and the reader <laughs> like you know I just there's things that we just don't agree with yeah. but despite the low viewers and the kind of um lack of engagement generally this year there were some really really good 
like historical moments. So mm. like Chloe Zhao won Best Director for Nomadland and she's the first woman of colour to win the award and the second ever woman to win. Second woman. Which is brilliant. Yeah, it was previously Catherine, Catherine Bigelow, Bigelow yeah. for The Hurt Locker. I remember. Um, See, I used to engage as well. <laughs> yeah, like I used to really, really love it. But yeah. now I'm just kind of like, oh, Frances McDormand got another Oscar. Of course she did. Like yeah. she deserves all of the Oscars. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Nomadland was the big win. Uh, Anthony Hopkins for The Father won Best Actor. Um no Man's Land won Best Picture. I think maybe the problem is that with the cinema's closed, like the Oscar films you have to really see in a cinema. Like yeah. they're beautiful moments mm. on, you know, and watching them at home on your kind of, you know, your your TV just isn't going to be the same. Mm. And I think people didn't really know where to go to get the Oscar nominated yeah. films. I like think you're right too. Are... I think people were just less engaged with the films themselves because of the way that you know the world has been and so therefore less engaged with the Oscars this year. Next year I think we'll be really telling with cinemas open again and like see if people kind of come back to it. Um Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, mean, I think people really miss the cinema. Yeah, like, oh, really God, I, I think so too. I can't wait till it reopens. But I, but again, it's just, I mean, we've said it a million times across the show today about various different things. It's just one of those wait and see things. We just have to wait and see how the world settles. Um, yeah. Now let's talk about Taika Waititi and Rita Ora. Oh my God, yeah, new kids on the block, a new little, um, a new little <laughs> romance. So um, he's just like the coolest person ever. People know him from, he directed and starred in Jojo Rabbit. He does Thor um, he's been part of the Mandalorian. Like he's just a cool kid in Hollywood, and now he's down in Australia and seems to be dating Rita Ora, who's obviously down there for she's a she's a, a judge on The Voice Australia, mm. um, and like yeah, they just they make a gorgeous looking couple together. They seem like they're really good crack, and they were caught leaving the premiere of. RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. So I just think that they seem like the kind of couple you'd want to invite over for a dinner party. I think there will be some people who will struggle with it because Taika Waititi obviously was like a big indie director before he became a more mainstream mm-hmm. person. Um, and I think lots of people will feel this is this. He's he's just gone too mainstream. So I'll be interested to see yeah. <laughs> how warmly this couple is received by the general Yeah, you public. don't get more mainstream than dating Rita Ora. You certainly don't. <laughs> and very quickly before I let you go, uh, Joe Rogan has said, don't take the vaccine to young people. And then he said, actually, wait, ignore me. Oh, this man. Like, yeah. I just... This man is so so influential and he doesn't realise it and he doesn't put his effort into his research and I dislike him immensely. <laughs> Joe Rogan has 8.3 billion streams of his podcast every year. Now just set, like that is disgusting. It's just, it's so hard to stomach. So people really listen to him. His they podcasts, really, which are, aren't they like three hours long, everyone? They're so long. I think he does like two a week. Oh, they're so long. They're just these long rambling men chats and you know he's really coming across as poorly he's made a couple of mistakes in the past but this week he basically said um you know if a young person came over to me and they were going to take the vaccine and I'd say to them you know are you 21 are you 20 are you healthy should you take the vaccine absolutely not which was just so dangerous considering that's the bulk of his audience are young men in their 20s who are very easily influenced who are probably not engaging with other sources of information especially yeah. about something like covid or um vaccinations and his guest as well they kind of went into this sort of ramblings about 
it just being virtue signaling to get the vaccine that people are getting the vaccine so they can Ugh. get the sticker and wear the t-shirt and say I've gotten the vaccine and make everyone else feel bad I was just it's just it's so destroying to watch it and see so he came out then in, in the follow-up episode and he said look I'm not a doctor yeah. I'm a moron I actually have a cast a clip so we can I'll listen to on. him himself yeah I'm not an anti-vax person right in fact I said I believe they're safe and I encourage many people to take them. My parents were vaccinated. I just said, I don't think that if you're a young, healthy person that you need it. Their argument was you need it for other people. So you don't transmit the virus. That makes more sense. So I'm that's, a young. But that's a different argument. Here's the thing. like These are not like planned statements. Let's be real clear. Yeah. When I say something stupid, I'm not thinking about what I'm going to say before I say it. I'm right. just saying it. Like if you say you disagree with me, I probably disagree with me too. I disagree with me all the time. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm a fucking moron. Cassie, when I say my oh. rage, my rage at someone with that many people listening to them saying, I'm not thinking about what I'm saying. These aren't planned statements. I'm just saying things. Don't listen to me. Like that to me is just so it's ridiculous so and stupid. It's, like I have to so think about dangerous. every word I say on this show, every word I say on my Instagram, every word I say everywhere has to yeah. be thought through. Because if you have a following, you have an influence. And yeah, if, like the whole, it's wild. I, the little tiny segment on this show, I spend the whole week being like, do not say a bad word. Do not say the S word. Do not say the F word. Do not say it. Delete it. If it's in a story, I have to delete it ever. I can't even blank it out because I'm afraid I'll accidentally read it out. Like, of course. But it's so, it's so interesting because this is a really big, I was nearly going to say, a nearly big mess up yeah. for Spotify because obviously they brought Joe over for 100 million last year in this yeah. big deal. Mm. And like they continue to just show a real disregard as a publisher mm. on the responsibility that they have. It's really bad though. Mm. I just really dislike him. 8.3 billion streams is dangerous. 8.3 billion streams and you're not even thinking about what you're going to say. And you're using that as a form of defense. Like yeah. whatever about not doing it, but actually saying, I'm not thinking about what I'm saying here. Don't take me seriously is just wild like it's absolutely yeah. insane and I hate him um okay so um we actually have time for one more story before I let you go um and I thought this was really interesting Reese Witherspoon was speaking out about the difference between the treatment of her and the treatment of Britney Spears yes this was so interesting so Reese has done this great interview in time this week as part of the time most 100 influential companies of the year her production company hello sunshine features and it's really worth reading that interview and mm. watching the video it's beautiful um, so in one part of the interview, she was talking about how kind of the media decided and the paparazzi decided who was a good celebrity and who was a bad celebrity. So um, Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, Britney were all labelled as the bad girls and Jennifer Garner and Reese Witherspoon were labelled good, which is so, so when true, you point yeah. it out like that, you just you realise that you never even think of them existing in the same universe. universe. Yeah. yeah, that they're just there was these lovely kind of, you know, wholesome celebrities over here and then our Britney Spears and our teen celebs over here were so villainized in mm. the media but all of their behavior was the same and that's what Reese says that there's plenty of videos of her shouting at paparazzi there's plenty of videos of her out there drunk she just kind of was treated completely differently mm. um and yeah it's I think the whole interview within the whole piece Reese acknowledges this incredible amount of privilege to exist in Hollywood and then what she has done to sort of change the game and 
how she has built her company, the way they produce media, how they bring people into the story, how they bring people into the production. And it's just, it's really fantastic. It's a beautiful watch and really, really worth them engaging yeah. with. It's on yeah. time now. Dot com. Yeah, I'm a yeah. huge, huge fan of what Reese Witherspoon is doing with her career because, you know, she actually says it overtly in the interview. She said she wants to make a lot of women a lot of money. And I just yeah. love it. She is like has made it her business, literally her business to tell women stories, to represent women, to get women better roles and to make them loads of money. And frankly... I'm if, here for it. Like, I mean, I live for it. It is so good. Cassie Delaney, thank you so much. I so enjoyed talking through those stories with you this week. That's Cassie Delaney of Tall Tales Podcast Network. Have a lovely Sunday, Cass. You too, Louise. Thanks very much. Louise McSherry on 2FM.